0: So last summer, uh, we had a uh, seminarian stay here uh, for the summer. It's kind of his assignment uh, during the summer months. Uh, great guy. His name is uh, Dominic. Some of you met him. So probably know him. It was you know COVID summer, so he was was a lot more distance. Sadly, so not as many people got to connect with him as they would have normally. He's now a priest, and. Um, I was talking to him, he was ordained in uh, June, I was talking to him maybe about a month later, just asking how things were going and uh, he doing great. Um, but it was all about firsts, you know, getting ready for the, the first funeral that he would have to do. And uh, I don't think he had yet done a wedding. So he was kind of talking about that and kind of everything's new. It's like the first time doing all these things. And it got me thinking about uh my first couple of weeks i guess of as a uh, months as a priest um and i don't- really, i don't really remember uh it's kind of strange like i don't I remember my first mass, but I don't really remember my first uh funeral I think it was one in in the parish uh, I don't remember my first wedding either um but I'll tell you about the the one that i the first one that I remember that makes sense. This wasn't my first wedding, but it's the one that I, I remember, uh, at least from the beginning. and it was for uh, a college roommate. Uh, he was engaged, and he asked me if I would perform the ceremony. Um, and I did. And uh, I remember um, being at the rehearsal dinner the night before and we're in the restaurant and we were sitting opposite, I was sitting opposite the mother and father of the bride. He had, uh, the the father of the bride had Lou Gehrig's disease. And uh, they were both pretty young. They were probably about, maybe about 50 years old, both of them. And uh, I remember just being, you couldn't help but notice it. He just, uh, he was very, very hard to understand him. His, His voice had become uh, very much affected. I guess his throat, really. So his speech was uh, very kind of garbled. So it was tough. He'd ask a question. He'd say something to me, and I didn't, he- I didn't understand. I couldn't he- figure out what he was saying, so I'd, I'd ask him to repeat it, and he'd repeat it, and I still didn't understand it, that kind of awkward th- thing that happens. Uh, but his wife was amazing. She was kind of there every step along the way. I think as soon as she knew that I wasn't really going to understand him, she, she translated. She understood everything he said. But It was great. I think she was kind of waiting, hoping, you know, that I would understand it so she wouldn't have to get involved. But then she was ready to get involved. I mean, when the food came out, uh, she took his plate and started cutting up his Meal into very small pieces. I guess the concern was that he would, might choke on the food. And it was just such a given, like her presence to him. It was really beautiful. Uh, he was able to feed himself, but she was just so there. And uh, anyway, it was an odd kind of combination of emotions. I mean, it was very, very sad, but also very beautiful, you know, in, at the same time, in the same moment. I remember being back at the hotel and I was trying to get ready for the next day, which was the, the wedding and trying to get I, uh, ideas for the homily together and kept thinking about this couple, the parents of the bride, and I was being distracted by them. And then at a certain point, it kind of dawned on me, you know, they're not a distraction f- f- from the homily. They really are the homily. Like, their example is why marriage is holy. What I saw in them in that restaurant is why marriage is a sacrament. It's why God is all over a Christian marriage when marriage is done right. Like, God is so there. Anyway, I kind of tried to... That became the theme without getting explicit about that couple. I remember hearing about a... Uh, a couple here in town during COVID. You heard all these stories about elderly couples who uh, one, of the, one of the two was now in a nursing home and because of the pandemic, they weren't able to be together. And a friend of mine was telling me about a couple uh, who lived here in town, but the, the husband was now right next door at Grandel and uh, the wife would go every day. Pre-pandemic, she'd go every day, bring him a meal and spend time with him. But now she couldn't go in, but she'd go. And she'd stand outside, and he'd be inside, and he'd be at the window. And they'd both be on their phones talking to each other. Um, you know, you could say, well, why don't you just stay at home and be on the phone? And of course not. Like, they just, they were going to be as close, she was going to be as close to him as, as was allowed. Um, same thing, it's like just like, I just think like these inspiring stories. It's a great one, and I know I've mentioned this before, I love it, it's a story about the, uh, the Olympics in 1924. Canoe racing was the uh, particular competition and the American team was supposed to, they were favored, they were supposed to win the gold and the, uh, the captain of the team is this guy, his name is Bill Havens. Anyway, he finds out that his wife is pregnant and she's actually gonna be due right, kinda like in the middle of when the Olympics would be happening in France. This is 1924, I mean, you couldn't jump on a plane in the morning and be home in the afternoon. I mean, you were taking a ship across the Atlantic, so it would be days. So he had this dilemma, you know, does he forego the Olympics, this dream? You know, he, he was, He was thinking of the Olympics before he even met his wife. This went back a long way, do you you miss out on that? Do you miss out on being with your wife and when your baby's born? I mean, like, anyway, he said it really wasn't a dilemma. Uh, He stayed home and was with her when she had the baby. It was a baby boy. Uh, She was late in giving birth, like she was so late the Olympics were over. The American team was back home, and she still hadn't given birth. So she could have, he could have, he could have done both. You know, he could have gone to Paris. They won the gold. Could have won the gold and then be home. But, I mean, of course he didn't know when the baby would be due. He was always asked about it, and like, I do you regret it? gold medal. How many chances do you have at that? And he said he never, never regretted it at all. He knew that that's where he needed to be. That's where he wanted to be. Did he, did he regret not winning a gold medal? Well, yeah, I'm sure he did and not being able to compete. You know, how could he not? But not to the point where he regretted the decision. Anyway, it's a great sequel to the story, that story. I told you they had a baby boy. His name is Frank. 28 years later, it's now 1952, and the son is in Finland at the 52 Olympics. And he telegrams his father, and he says this, Dad, I won, I'm bringing home the gold medal you lost while waiting for me to be born. He just won the gold medal, same competition. I mean, how do you not be inspired by those kinds of stories? You know what I think is common to all of them? Whether it's my wedding experience or the couple next door or that Olympic story. They're all about promises. They're all about promises that people made to each other. And they're powerful. It's like this power in promise. I wonder is that why Jesus responds the way he does in this gospel tonight? Why is he so defensive of marriage? Why is he so kind of protective of marriage? I mean, think about it. Like when you, what are the things that we defend? What are the things that we protect and honor? Important things. (gasps) Necessary things. Things that are true. Like we do defend them. We do protect them. Maybe that's why in this gospel tonight, like he doesn't really budge when he's asked about marriage and divorce and remarriage this whole question, which is sent his way. He's like, he says, well, what did Moses say? And they said, well, Moses said, actually, you, you know, you can get a divorce. And he says, well, I don't think that's true. I don't think he was right. Man, why does he dig his heels in? It's kind of out of character. I mean, Jesus was always kind of He was never really like letter of the law, right? Wasn't he more spirit of the law? I mean, he was obviously believed in the law, but kind of what the law, the value of the law, it doesn't have to be every piece of it. And he was also famous for being the guy who said at times, hey, at times you can't follow the law. Circumstances, situations sometimes get in the way of following the law. This past week, one of the one of the weekday masses, it was the story where he uh, he sends the, the twelve apostles out, kind of their marching orders. This is how I want you guys to go out and preach the gospel. It's the whole list of the things you should do, do's and don'ts. What to bring, what not to bring. Basically, it's like pretty much bring nothing. Travel light and rely on other people and their generosity and their hospitality. And if they slam the door in your face fine move on wipe the dust from your shoes and go somewhere else it's interesting in that list of you know do's and don'ts twice he says he says he talks about food two different times like twice in three sentences he goes if you go to a house and they serve you food eat the food eat whatever they serve you and i'm thinking thinking like Okay, I'm not even sure why he'd say it once, let alone twice. Like, what's with the the food talk? It's like, eat your vegetables kind of stuff? I don't think it was that. I suspect it was this. Religion and food had become very connected. There were foods that, you know, if you were a Jew, it was like, you couldn't eat. Because it was unclean. It was a sin. So you'd run the other way if somebody was serving certain kinds of food. And Jesus is saying, you know what? Don't get hung up on that. That's not essential. That's really not that big a deal. God doesn't really care so much what we're eating. He cares more about our heart, what we do and how we live, not so much what we eat. So don't sweat the small stuff. If you go into a house and they're not eating the food that we're really supposed to be eating, don't worry about it. Just talk about me. Let them know who I am because that's really all that matters. Don't sweat the small stuff. Well, it looks like in this gospel, he's saying marriage is not small stuff. It's big stuff. It's critically important stuff. I think it's sort of the the difference between happy lives and incomplete lives. It's the difference between fulfillment and just not being on your game. Knowing something's not right in your life. When our family life is messed up, we're messed up and maybe that's why he was saying like no like this is a this is so important now you know was he saying no exceptions no no circumstances where somebody who's in a marriage should should get out this never i mean of course he of course he wasn't saying that We all, at least I know as a priest over a lot of years, I can tell you sadly a lot of examples of people who stayed in marriages that they should have gotten out of. Eventually they did in most cases, but they waited way too long. Their intention was good, their heart was in the right place, but it was toxic. It was wrong. It wasn't marriage. It wasn't holy. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't Christian. It was messed up. And I'm sure Jesus would be like, run for the hills. This is not the way life is supposed to be. And then you look at kids who grow up in that house and the collateral damage, the damage that's done because, man, I, I lived in a little bit of a crazy house. And you know what? My, my, you know, my instinct about the way mothers and fathers should act and husbands and wives should treat each other, is a little off. My instinct isn't great because I didn't have great teachers. Think of the the good teachers you've had in whatever. Think of the bad ones. I'll tell you this much. When I go out to eat and if I'm picking up the bill, you know what I have to have with me? is the calculator on my phone because my stink at math. And I know why, maybe partly it's because I just, I'm just not that good at it. But I think there is a particular reason. Because for a couple of really important years, I had terrible math teachers. Three years in a row, two years it was the same teacher in high school. And it was this teacher that was shot. She should have retired ten years before. She was way past her prime, and the classroom was a zoo as a result. It was crazy, and we learned nothing. Finally, I get a new teacher the third year, and this guy was brand new. He was worse than she was. So for three years, like, I learned very little math. And because of that, I'm pretty lost when it comes to crunching numbers in my head. Our teachers matter. So if you grew up in a house where, like, man, I... The people in charge, the people who set the standard, they were good, they were healthy. I witnessed sacrifice. I witnessed fidelity. I witnessed patience. I witnessed kindness and presence. Like those things were a given, well, then they're going to be kind of a given to us. Because I sat in that classroom for how many years? So now when it's my turn to be a a husband or a wife or a father or a mother, my instinct's going to be pretty good. The opposite is also the case. Like, if I didn't have a great teacher in that department, I'm probably going to be off my game. And maybe that's why Jesus was like, yeah, of course there are exceptions. But this is big. And we can't go light on this. If we think we can bail just as soon as things get tough, when we make promises, man, that's not good. For all of us, it's not good. I mean, I'm thinking about when I, when I worked in the, in the high school years ago, you know, the kind of the troubled kid, the kid who was in trouble a lot, the kid who was a little strange, the kid who, you know, was unpredictable and kind of alone and didn't seem to connect socially. It's like, man, what's going on with this kid? Well, I realized after a year or two, man. Like, look at home. Nine times out of ten, it was like, okay, now I know why. I met mom and dad. It's like the Adams family at home. It's crazy at home. So I could see why Junior is a little odd because he doesn't. He hasn't had a great. He hasn't had great teachers. And you know what? I suspect Jesus knew that. And maybe because of that, he was like. Yeah, the marriage thing is really important. So we've got to be hardcore about it. Yes, exceptions of always exceptions. But this is big. This isn't the small stuff. This stuff we sweat. So maybe I just ask you tonight to think about this. The promises that we've, I don't know, the promises that we've made, and I don't think this is just a... A marriage thing. Certainly, that's, they're, they're big ones. I like think when I became a, a priest, I made promises. That's a big one. We make all kinds of promises all the time. Some of them are explicit, some of them are more implied, but like commitments. Commitments in friendships and relationships. Commitment, I'm a kid, my, my commitment to my mother and my father. The respect that I really just... It should be the promise of respect ought to be presumed, right? Being honest toward them and with them. The promise we should make in terms of just people we encounter and treating them with dignity and respect. Obligations I've got. And, you know, maybe I'm like, I haven't really been keeping them. Maybe they are, I don't know, promises I've sort of gotten sloppy with and I've been breaking them. And maybe the reason Jesus dug his heels in in this gospel was... It was a wake-up call to us to get back on in the game, to revisit promises that shouldn't be broken. So I don't know, that, that Olympic athlete, that father and husband, Oh, the couple across the street in the nursing home, Oh, that couple, the parents of the, the couple that I married, years ago I mean don't you want to be those people don't you want to be committed to others the way they were because it seems to me that's the that's the key to a great life keeping promises promises matter so defend them and keep them